Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's right. On this Monday morning, let's get into a little NFL. Ryan Wilson joins us now. Covers the National Football League for CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. What's going on, Ryan? How you doing, bud? Ryan, what's up, man? How you doing? How's it been? How's it been? It's been good. I mean, summer's clicking along, Ryan, and, uh, you know, training camps are upon us, amazingly enough. And, um, you know, this Friday... Uh, Tyreek Hill uh, will be there for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, how surprised were you uh, by the NFL decision that came down on Friday? Uh, I was talking to someone about that, and they asked me that exact question on a scale of 1 to 10, and I said both a 10 and a 1 because the NFL is under Roger Goodell's uh, reign since 2006 has been so inconsistent with these punishments that you really never know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I mean, we know about the Ray Rice incident, and once the video came out, everything turned in terms of how the NFL felt about how serious the allegations were, and they suspended the suspension from two games to indefinitely. He has not played again. And, and honestly, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was closer to 30 than he was to 25 and that he wasn't the football player he once was because we know these guys – get second chances. It's curious that the NFL decided to, to drop the investigation, that they didn't have enough evidence to move forward. When we've seen in the past, they haven't needed as much evidence as legal authorities in order to hand down a punishment and, and send a message and, in effect, make an example out of a player. And they chose not to do that here. It's unclear why. And I think that's what has people confused and, and angry in some instances more than anything, because while we can't prove what happened to, to that young child, we have the audio tapes of him talking to his fiance. And um, <clears throat> Jimmy Smith of the Ravens was suspended for four games for, for making threats to his then girlfriend. Ben Roethlisberger was suspended for six games back in 2010 for the, the sexual abuse allegations or the sexual misconduct allegations when the, the Justice Department had dropped it or, or the, the local authorities had dropped it. Ezekiel Elliott, six-game suspension back in 2017. Again, the local authorities had dropped a case of domestic violence, and he was still suspended. So the inconsistency is what's confusing. Uh, we'll see what happens. You hope that Tariq Hill gets everything in order and is the dad of the year for the rest of his life. But there are reasons for concern and reasons for, for not understanding exactly what the NFL is trying to do here. Yeah, it's it's definitely a bad look, Ryan. Moose and I were talking about this a whole bunch in our first segment of the show, and it's like there's a pattern here, and there's a pattern with, with, with Hill, and, and there's some proof here. Like, well, basically with the audio, with, you know, with him saying this to his fiance, basically saying, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, uh, and you should be afraid of me too also. You know, when you're saying that, you're referencing someone else, right? In this case, it's a three-year-old child. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I've heard that the NFL listened to the entire 11-minute audio clip and the context was different after listening to 11 minutes. Right. But, you know, you hear that sentence, whatever the context, the implications are, are clear. Right, right. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a whole thing. And listen, God forbid it, but if Tyreek Hill does something that finds himself in trouble once again, the NFL is, is in, in 
deep and serious trouble uh, about why they let this go. Well, yeah, and and I, I guess uh, you know you mentioned it, Ryan. Um, they'll face that. Why the though? Why the inconsistencies with with domestic violence or violence? You know, we we've seen this. Why why have we had? Why have we seen the National Football League struggle with this issue so much over the years? Well, for some reason, Roger Goodell wanted the final say, and I think that's part of the issue. That there's no real rule of law in terms of what is and isn't a punishment. I know the NFL can provide you with a sheet, a paper that says if you do this, X will happen, but that sheet of paper seems to be only a guideline. It's not uh, hard and fast. You can ask any NFL player about the on-field punishments, and we've seen guys suspended for things that don't make sense, and we've seen other guys suspended, not suspended for things that should have probably drawn a suspension. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady was suspended for his role, quote-unquote, in deflating football. Right. And by any measure, that was a crock from start to finish. I mean, the amount of money, the millions of dollars they spent on investigating that, and it seems like they've done immeasurably less to figure out Tyreek Hill's role in what happened with him and that young young child. Well, we're talking to uh, Ryan Wilson right now. You listen to Taz and Moose, by the way, on CBS Sports Radio, and our special guest is Ryan Wilson. He covers the NFL for CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. So, Ryan, I, I, obviously you know about all these rumors about uh, Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys making plans of being out of the country and taking a little trip <laughs> during training camp. Uh, what do you make of this and your thoughts and opinions on this and how this thing plays out with the Cowboys and, and Zeke? Actually, I think Zeke's probably doing the right thing because only because he plays running back, and, and those guys are, fair or not, those guys are pretty easy to replace. Mm. Ask James Conner and Le'Veon Bell. James Conner made half a million dollars a year last year. Le'Veon Bell turned down $14.4 million on that franchise tag to sit out, and the product uh, productivity was virtually the same. So Zeke Elliott is in the prime of his career. He is extremely important to that Cowboys offense. And if he figures, look, man, this is my last best chance to really get paid, I'm going to take a little break. I don't care that he's missing training camp. He knows what to do. There's no reason for him to go out there and get hurt. I think he's in a much better situation than Melvin Gordon with the Chargers because Melvin Gordon also wants to get paid. He's threatened to hold out and maybe even pull a levy on and skip the entire season. I think the Chargers are way less inclined to pay, pay him where Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones have sort of hinted that they plan to pay um, Zeke, and, and they've mentioned Todd Gurley money. But here's something to think about. They're going to have to pay Dak Prescott close to $30 million a year. They're going to have to pay Zeke Elliott close to $14 million a year, which is mm. what Todd Gurley makes the highest paid running back. They're going to have to pay Amari Cooper 17 or $18 million a year. That is $63 million a year tied <laughs> up in three players. Oh, wow. And I just don't think Zeke is worth it. Zeke is – a He's he's the best or one of the best running backs. He's in the top league. rusher last year. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But you can find these guys for much less than fourteen million a year, and I think that's the math that the Chargers are doing. I don't know if the Cowboys are willing to to let Zeke uh, become an issue or hold out or not be on the field when they need help uh, protecting Dak in terms of the production that, that Zeke provides behind them. You know, when when you look across, uh, Ryan, uh, the National Football League here, as, as training camps get going, um, where are you going to be zeroing in on early? Well, it's funny because the, the, the Broncos started before anyone, so I was I was actually sort of high on them coming into training camp. I, I, that offensive line is much better than people give them credit for. They played at a relatively high level last year. Phil Lindsay's really good. Emmanuel Sanders is coming back. Cortland Sutton's really good. And they drafted Noah Fant the most athletic tight end in this draft. He can yep. stretch the field. We know Joe Flacco loves tight ends, and we know about that defense. And then training camp rolls around, and Joe Flacco throws three interceptions. He gets sacked by his left tackle 
uh, at practice, and you're like, wait a second, <laughs> let's pump the brakes on that for a little bit. But I do think that if everything goes right, this team, which has had back-to-back losing seasons, could actually turn things around. The only issue is they're in the same division with the Chargers and the Chiefs. But right. I feel like they could be a nine-win team. Um, and Joe Flacco, in the right situation, could have a lot to do with that. So that's something I'm watching. But, again, it's early, and I was sort of turned off by the fact that uh, the, the left tackle there to sack the quarterback. Yeah, that's kind of a little funky. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so right, if we go down to Atlanta with the Falcons, uh, Julio Jones, top receiver last year, you know, just a great, great player, no doubt about it, a uh, freak of nature, this guy. He hasn't received a new contract, uh, but he said he'll still report to camp. What's your take on Julio Jones and the Falcons uh, and, you know, reaching a mutual uh, extension? No, I, I like that team this year, and um... – Listen, Julio Jones has said and done all the right things. A year ago, he was he wasn't uh, his he didn't show his face a lot around the facility. He wanted a new deal, and they sort of tweaked the, the contract. and And he said Arthur Blank, the owner, has promised him that he will yeah. be a Falcon for life, and he's taken him at his word. Even as Grady Jarrett has rightfully gotten paid, and even as Deion Jones recently and rightfully got paid, Julio Jones seems to understand that it's a process, and it may not happen immediately. And I think he will get paid, and it makes sense. Uh, this team should be a lot better this year, mostly because the guys in defense are healthy. But Matt Ryan played was a top-five quarterback last year, which just sort of got lost in the mix because the team lost lost so many football games. They drafted two offensive linemen in the first round. So the idea there is to to, to, to protect Matt Ryan. Now, Julio Jones needs to be on the field, needs to be doing what he does. So and we're you know have a month here to go, but he seems fine with it. So if he if he's fine with it, I'll be fine with it. And it's just a matter of getting that deal done and, and how much it's going to take to pay him. You know when when Mayfield out in Cleveland had to say what he had to say about Odell Beckham Jr. I mean you know how exactly does he say that with a straight face in terms of he's in a place now where he's going to be supported, fans aren't going to judge him. Paraphrasing here, I mean. That's a tough – we all love Baker Mayfield, right? And we know how outspoken he is, and he's going to be fun for the Browns to watch for, for hopefully a decade-plus to come. Uh, but that's a tough one to take from Mayfield here, Ryan. Yeah, it's funny because you're exactly right. Everyone does love Baker Mayfield, but the more he talks, the more you're like, all right, well, you know what? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Why don't, you, why don't you dial it back a little bit, yeah. and, then, and then we'll go it, it, Dude, it's almost like he's trying too hard to be, like, outspoken, controversial, yeah. and like a yeah. badass. It's, it, it looks, he's trying too hard, you know? This Browns team is stacked, and there's, right, he doesn't no doubt. need to talk. He doesn't yeah. need to talk about Duke Johnson getting off the boat or the trains moving or whatever he said about that. Don't worry about Duke Johnson. Don't worry about you and worry about fixing this team that um, last had a winning season in 2007, I think. He hadn't made the playoffs since 2002. So there are a lot of other things you need to concern yourself with. And I think, for the most part, he's doing the right thing and saying the right thing. And I feel like his teammates really buy into what he's selling. But I, I've been saying this all offseason. If that team starts 1-4, and four, none of this stuff matters because gonna, they're going to revert to being the Browns. Yeah, I think – I mean, Taz and I are both on board. I mean, Ron, what's your take? I, I mean, I think the Browns are going to be really good this year. I mean, I don't think championship good, but I, I think they're going to take that step forward. How about you? I want them to, and I think it's going to. We're going to find out over the first month of the season because as they start off strong, or even two and two, or whatever, they'll be fine. But if they struggle, I wonder if they're going to come undone at the seams like the Browns always do. Yep. Um, that's the big thing. Who is the real leader there? Baker Mayfield's the, the face of the team, but he's only in his second year. Uh, Freddie Kitchens did a great job calling plays last year, but he's never coached a football team. So there are a lot of things to, to sort through. What happens if Odell Beckham? And Jarvis Landry aren't happy with the number of balls that are getting thrown their way. So those are the things I'm concerned with. On paper, I love I love this team, and I think Baker is the right fit 
and finally the right quarterback for this team. But he doesn't have to comment on every single thing that comes across his plate. No, he doesn't. Ryan, got a little curveball to close it out here. We saw the AAF come and go, right? The XFL is going to get going next year in 2020, right? How does, from people you talk to around the NFL, how does the NFL view uh, the relaunch of the XFL for Vince McMahon? You know, I haven't talked to a lot of people about it just because it's sort of been on the back burner. I think people were shocked when the AAF just sort of imploded mid-season or towards the end of that first year because everyone expected, you know, a lot more from from the at least one full complete season. I mean, I actually covered the AAF draft. Uh, you know, we were trying to trying to get a little pub going that way. And well, you won't, you won't have to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are done. One and done. Yeah, thank God they didn't draft Biddy Snell, right? That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, right. But, uh, oh, that was good. Here's a good thing. Here's a good thing. Uh, the NFL got to look at a lot of players they hadn't previously would have had an opportunity to look at, and I suspect the same thing will happen in the XFL. They'll get a chance to scout some of these kids that they – had gotten lost in the mix, weren't on practice squads, had no real means of playing football. So there will be that avenue for other players who want to continue to, to sort of chase this dream and have a chance to make an NFL training camp. So that, I think that's the good thing. Um, in terms of the football level of football challenging the NFL, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Ryan Wilson covers the NFL for CBS Sports, CBSSports.com. Hey, Ryan, we always appreciate when you give us a few minutes. Uh, enjoy your Monday. Thanks for the time, bud. Nice you lot, Ryan. It. Thank you, guys. Take care, bro. You got it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.